Hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast, Night and Moon. I am Tanner Knight, and for the very first time ever, I can say that I'm welcomed by my lovely wife, Gabby Luna Knight. Yes. So more on that later. However, we want to give you a few updates before we jump into this week's episode. We're finally getting to a point where we can have announcements, and we'll probably start having small announcements at the beginning of every episode. This is In That Spirit. We are going to be moving our podcast from every Tuesday to every Thursday. That just works better for our schedule. This next week will be the last Tuesday episode you'll have. It's like a little bonus episode you'll get. We'll be releasing our favorite album. And you'll also get our, our very first Thursday episode this coming week. Excellent. So stay tuned. And if you have your alarm set for Tuesday, go ahead and change it to Thursday. Yes, exactly. So I also mentioned, so before we get into this week's episode, I did mention something at the top where I now am joined by my wife instead of my girlfriend. And the reason for that is because we went ahead and got married. We sure did. Woohoo! So celebrate (laughs) and my wife. (laughs) And it feels good to say that, honestly. Yeah. Feels natural and I like it. I like it too. I feel like a grown-up. Yeah, and we'll probably talk more about wedding-related stuff in the near future, either engagements or yeah, weddings. So we'll we'll probably have more at that point. But yes, we actually thank you to listener family member <laughs> <laughs> Linda who gave us a really cool etiquette book. Oh yeah, and so we can reference it now from now on if it has any of those. Um, cool things <laughs> yeah i hope actually want to do a follow-up on our etiquette episode based on the existence of this book yeah so but i also think that it's a great reference book to have for this podcast just in because, general yeah just in general because like even if we want to talk about marriage it has a whole chapter on marriage and that entire chapter most of it goes over wedding invitations <laughs> <laughs> and how to address people whether they've they are widowers or whatever, you know, depending on what their status is. Yeah. It tells you how, but we can skip that part. <laughs> no one even mails letters like that anymore. So I, I beg to differ. I'll bet some people spend a lot of money on wedding, oh, for invitations. wedding invitations. I already forgot what the topic was, <laughs> but this is actually not the topic of today's That's episode. <laughs> That's correct. So. We're still in the announcement section yeah. of this episode. I mean, if you're here for wedding stuff, come back later. We'll probably talk about it. Yeah, we, we basically wanted to alert the public that we went and got hitched. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite? Well, I think I just realized that this is a stupid question to ask you, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Do you have a favorite like wedding movie? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, Wedding Crashers or something. I think that's just <laughs> indicative of my age that I was a young 20-year-old something person. When that came out? When that came out. Well, and also that's kind of like, it has wedding on the title. <laughs> <laughs> I think. You nailed it. Yeah. So, you know, that's it, one. It counts. Easy one too. Yeah. I guess that's such a dude one. Well, I feel like once I thought how dumb that question was i also thought that that was going to be your answer (laughs) (laughs) well i honestly couldn't think of any other ones i know maybe uh the one with adam sandler with the wedding singer i've never even seen i found that one kind of annoying yeah whereas i think most people really kind of had a a soft spot for that movie but i don't think i've seen it (sighs) what's what's he so annoying 
Oh, Adam I'm Sandler's like, is it him? <laughs> annoying in general, like just as a rule. Yeah, sorry, Adam. No, I'm, no, I'm not sorry. I know just that he's a frequent listener, don't, but don't listen. He'll have to have <laughs> thick skin on this one. <laughs> I'm sure he has thick skin already. <laughs> you think most people don't say something rude to him? I'm sure. Yes. Um, but anyway, sorry. <laughs> Tangent. I like uh, the movie called A Wedding Date and also Bridesmaids. They're very. Oh different. yeah, Bridesmaids is actually probably a better answer than all all of my above. So. Uh yeah, Bridesmaids is amazing. It's actually, I would say. At least my favorite comedy for sure. But a wedding date is with Deborah Messing and Matthew McConaughey, some other skinny white guy, Billy Bob Thornton. No. John Travolta, Nicholas Cage. At least try. Dermont Mulroney? Dermont Mulroney, yes. Mulroney. Do you know who that is? Um, vaguely. Was he one of the nine oh two one oh guys or No. Like he, a Fox he is recently in the guy? gemstones. The righteous gemstones. Oh, he was the the priest, the righteous the priest, the actual righteous priest. Yes, the good one. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Okay. I love him. He is actually an escort in that movie, mm-hmm. and Deborah Messing hires him for a wedding date, and they fall in love. Aww. It's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it all takes place like in England or something like that. I can't remember where. It's such a cute movie. I really like it. Well, there you go. But uh, this sounds really dumb, but uh, let me give you like one good piece of why I like it if you haven't seen it. But there's this scene where the dad, Deborah Messing's dad is sitting with her and he's like, just basically Deborah Messing's character is like the character from Will and Grace. She's just cannot get her shit together or whatever, even though she kind of has it all together. She Like she's looked upon as she can't get it together because she doesn't have a dude. She falls up. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, but she's great, right? And um, can't get a dude. And I believe her ex-husband, or sorry, her ex-boyfriend who dumped her right before they got married was going to be at the wedding as well. So that's why she hired like uh, someone to help her be her date. A juicy buff exactly. dude. That's when the, this guy, what was his name again? Dermont Mulroney. That's like... As the, Irish as it gets. <laughs> oh, is it really? Is that an Irish? I'm like, he sounds like... I don't even know. <laughs> I, d- I don't know. I thought it was like a Louisiana name or something. <laughs> like maybe French or maybe. something. Yeah. yeah pretty Irish sounding. Is that an Irish? I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, in this scene, I think the dad had already found out the lie. And he tells her, which is my favorite part. I already ruined the whole movie. It's an old movie. <laughs> Spoiler so, alert. Uh, yeah, but it's old. So sorry, I guess. <laughs> um, the dad tells her, I believe that every woman has the relationship they want. And I really have taken that to heart because I really do think that's true. A lot of women say I can't find a dude, but I really do think they want to be alone for other reasons they might not even think or something like that. And not to be like, that's got to be the thing you have to focus on or whatever. But that was a message I really liked in that movie. And I took it not only to heart for relationships but like other things in life you know like i don't know i guess that particular scene makes a whole movie for me <laughs> yeah that's a good message yeah you manifest what you want i guess and yeah exactly it comes to you whether you think about it or not yeah and if you're always just saying you know i i can't find a guy i can't find or, or whatever you know i can't find a job or whatever it is that you might be thinking of maybe there's there, another reason or yeah force at work possibly yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, of course, this has nothing to do with this week's episode. Okay. 
So thank you for bearing with us. And who knows, we may get even more tangenty as time goes on. Yeah. For sure. I mean, the whole entire podcast is a tangent. <laughs> That's true. We're just talking about random ass stuff yeah. that no one asked us to talk about. So thank you for listening. Yeah. It's such a great time to be doing this right now, baby. What a good time. What yeah. is what are we what are we talking about today? <laughs> <laughs> I see you're trying to segue into our Is it subtle? <laughs> it's very subtle. Our yeah. this week's topic is timing. Yes. <laughs> which I'm pretty sure I put it in the bowl yes, or you did. I don't know. It, it's a topic that's very dear to me and we've had kind of a four discussion where we talked about what are we going to talk about, you know, and you didn't have much to say on it, but I think you, you will. Yeah. I just feel like I have to hear what you have to say, because I remember when timing was put in the jar, I just was like, that's so you, because you're all about timing. I feel like you use timing as a rule to life. And I just view timing as something like another movie that I've discussed probably on the podcast before, Serendipity. Like, what are the cute synchronicities in life? That's timing to me only. Well, that's a big part of timing. And I really do look for those serendipitous little things and try to appreciate the timing in it. I do hold my every aspect of my life to some sort of timing. And it's kind of hard to, to say that and leave it at that because it bears a lot of explanation. Almost everything that I, th- I think about, I think of in a rhythm. And a rhythm unto itself is a, a form of timing. And if you have a repeated rhythm, that's in music, it's called an ostinato, is a, a repeated rhythmic pattern. And if you can find the repeated, like small rhythms, and then find the larger ostinato pattern rhythms of life, then you can kind of go with the flow a, a bit better, I find. And yes, you can always go against the rhythm, the flow of the rhythm or the meter of life and time. The harder you push against it, the harder it pushes back and and maybe the universe kicks you into this cosmic rhythm that everybody is adhered to, whether they know it, like it or not. So that's kind of the, the the grand scale that I think of timing. There's this universal like clock that is the universe it's a mechanism and there's all kinds of interlocking fingers that mesh together and cause some other kind of motion and set some other gear in motion and it's similar to the butterfly effect if you're familiar with that Mm -hmm. this is kind of my i don't want to say religion because it's not but it ties into my spirituality because i try to think outside of my own scale in every every situation. And doing that requires a lot of other gears of attention. You know, you have to pay pay attention to what you're doing, experiencing, feeling, giving out into the world. And then you have to go experience what a bunch of other people have to give all of those gears in motion create the experiences that we call our life. So that's kind of the large scale timing that I think about does that trigger any kind of thoughts or feelings in your world yeah I guess it kind of makes me feel like yeah I do focus on rhythms but I don't tend to think of them as timing I guess and 
maybe I do think of all these little things differently and separately, but never as a one unity. I think you do because you're always finding the positive in what's for all intents and purposes a negative. Uh And that's, you know, one of the things that I really, really appreciate and value in you and try to emulate myself. So just by doing that, you're already trying to see beyond your own personal rhythm because it's easy to get stuck in your own rhythm. Bum, 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 bum. You can go down the road like that your entire life. But, and this is very metaphorical here. So I like it. Understand that I'm speaking metaphorical. He's speaking music. <laughs> yeah, but like, it, it gets old after a while, it gets mm-hmm. a little boring, it gets a little stale. So you can always add in, but what is that? <laughs> so you're adding spice to the rhythm of life, I guess, is, is the metaphor that I'm trying to draw, where if you stay within your own little boring rhythm, sure, you can get really good at it and, mm-hmm. you know, perpetuate it, but it's more rewarding to expand your rhythmic palette metaphorically mm-hmm. and and musically, of course, as well. It's I think it's just healthier for people to think in multiple or larger scale rhythms than you might think. So let's let's break it down to a real practical idea of timing. I feel that punctuality is really important. Mm-hmm. And I know that you'd think that as well. Yeah. Why do you think that? I feel like it was something that was really important to my mom when we were little to not be late because we looked bad if we were late. Like it was sort of a etiquette situation. So there's there's negative opinions of you if you arrive late. Right. And so it's etiquette. I guess I viewed that more as an etiquette than timing. Well, it ends up being timing because <laughs> how else do you know whether you're late earlier on time? There's a universal clock that uh-huh. we all have agreed is telling us what time it is because and <laughs> let's get real metaphysical before we get real practical if you really think about time it is a it's just an agreement it's just like language or money really mm-hmm. where everybody agrees that this piece of paper that says one dollar on it equals one dollar even though it's really representing $1 worth of gold. And time is really kind of the same thing because, yeah, we all know that there's numbers on our digital clock, there's numbers on our cell phone, there's numbers on the dial, and the dial goes around every single time. Why or how, rather, do we all as a universe or world, I guess, agree that six o'clock is six o'clock? We have to because timing is important. Yeah. <laughs> and If you don't have a basic understanding of what time is and what time it is, then you're destined to be really late or really early. Yeah, I guess I just think of people like that as lacking respect for other people. I guess that's always been my way of of thinking of it because I only view being on time in the realm of etiquette. So when I see someone who is always not on, like, you know, on, on time, it's hard for me to not think of, oh, this is a rude thing. Yeah, I, I think that's typically the end result when one person is on time and another person is chronically late mm-hmm. is that 
you start questioning whether your time is of value to the other person and that that's a whole other debate but it factors into timing because if your timing is off and you're perpetually scheduling less time than you actually have to accomplish a task or get somewhere then or more time than you actually have or no if you're scheduling less time like if you have a 30 minute drive and you're scheduling 15 minutes oh i see i see then you're going to be late <laughs> <laughs> yeah that and, makes sense and it's a symptom of a lot of other things but it translates to a lack of respect for most people yeah 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 and I, I listened to A Course in Miracles and my lesson today is I am, above all else, I'm willing to see things differently. So I am willing to see <laughs> this differently, this uh, like timing, look at it differently other than, you know, a lack of etiquette or whatever. You well, know? yeah, it, it's easy to, to get stuck in that and then, uh, I don't know, be offended by it. But mm -hmm. it's. The only person that it hurts is the one who's offended. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it it's like... In the last few years, with having meditation in my life, I don't feel like it offends me anymore. So that's why I'm confused on timing and stuff. I, I guess now it's more, it's more of a concept that I have not formed yet that well. Yeah, and I get it. It's difficult to plan out how long something's going to take. Yeah. Because... Life is different every single day. You know, we develop routines. We wake up at the same time. We shower for the same amount of time and take the same amount of time to eat breakfast, you know, in the, the standard American mm -hmm. routine. And that, uh, that routine becomes your timing. And when your timing is off, when you sleep in and you miss your shower or <laughs> your breakfast, the whole thing is thrown off. Your timing is out of whack. You know, if that happens a lot of times, then that, that's something that's probably preventable. But in most cases, I think that people are late for probably good reasons. Or maybe they just underestimated how much time something would take. Yeah. It's, I don't know, I, I guess it's a fireable offense in, in your workplace. But Yeah. And, and here's another thing where I've dealt with it in teaching yoga. Mm -hmm. One teacher, I can't remember who it was, but put it a really good way about starting and ending on time mm -hmm. because a lot of yoga teachers will not end on time. Yeah, I could see that. And they think that they're doing a favor, but you have to think about it like that person paid ahead for an hour. And let's say that you're not done in an hour and they had something to do then you're robbing their time. You really are even, or maybe it's a really horrible way to look at it, but um, that was always, see, I, I'm really confused by timing. To be honest, I don't think I have a good opinion. I kind of want to hear more about you and see where, because I see that you're going in timing also in cycles. And as a woman, I have a cycle myself and you know, I love to check the cycle of the moon. And with you, I've learned to even like look at the cycle and the tiny little differences of nature. So that's one thing that I'm learning and trying to really get a groove on. I almost feel like like a person trying to get into, like jump into a car that's going really fast or like a moving train, you know? Yeah. That's how I feel constantly with timing. That I feel, even though maybe it doesn't look like that, I always feel that I can't fucking get myself on that train. Like I see you effortlessly move in and out of it, but I cannot. I feel like when it comes to timing, your definition of it is so wide and mine is so 
like spattered, like, you know, that I just can't get it well, quite right. I guess a, a good way for me to explain it is going back to the practical side, the scientific side, where, you know, the timing of Earth is dictated by our sun and to a lesser extent our moon. You know, the sun rises, the sun sets, and it has a cycle that's based on 365 or six days. It repeats pretty regularly and as a result the sun being in the same spot every time in every month or season then these patterns of weather start to cause life to form and it takes more than just sun and water to create life and back before there was life there was water that from that fell either as ice from comets or whatever you want to theorize about no one was there so no one knows we had water we had the sun we had rock where was life it took the water moving along the shore and all of that that activity the molecular activity created these single cell organisms that started to eat things and then there was organisms that started to develop as food and there's this whole timing to the building of our earth <laughs> it happened over eons it happened and it happened in a cycle that i'm sure was repeated several times before it got it right and that's what i'm super fascinated about in the origins of earth is is that the surface of the earth has been recycled countless times just from all the tectonic plates and stuff like that and the fact that we had the building blocks of life just happened to come to us via space is needle in a haystack type odds by the same time you got to think it's happening in other places and what why are we so unique how is that possible kind of throws the whole conversation back to aliens and our our uh, pursuit of extraterrestrial beings and all of this timing these cycles have to happen elsewhere at least i think the odds are good enough that they do so back to the sun and the moon humans come along or early humanoid beings come along and they start to recognize the patterns and they start to see that you can develop crops for eating and all of the cycles of the moon that uh, the cycles of the sun and the moon that preceded us contributed to us having the knowledge that we do today and a great deal of it is speculation just because we can't see into the center of the earth but we have good enough evidence the sun is really responsible for life, number one. It's responsible for humans developing the intellect to understand patterns. And through those patterns, they were able to develop a language, which was a way to share common ideas. And then through the sharing of those primitive common, common ideas, they developed more complex ideas, more complex societies. And it all was based on the rhythm of the sun the rhythm of the weather patterns and humans ability to predict based on their observations so that's timing on a huge macro <laughs> scale i think the most fun aspect of timing for me is rhythm and you know that i talk about rhythm an awful lot and i don't know if you like it or not <laughs> do you enjoy my rhythm talk um, so I'm a little lost in this whole entire conversation. What rhythm? So I'm talking about textbook rhythm, like musical rhythm, like 
T-T-Ta-Ta-Ta. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's really hard to understand. Um, I can't keep a damn beat, so... <laughs> I, I think you can. But it, I tried when we were at the... Con- we went to a Slash concert. That's mm-hmm. right. And I did try to keep... Try and figure out. But I wasn't actually sure that I had the right beat. So that's... See, I just don't hear it. Hmm. That's the thing. Like, I feel like even the conversation we're having right now, it's huge. It's It's more than... I guess it's really big. And I see the cycles and all of that. I still have a hard time when it comes to connecting the big, huge cycles of life to the everyday moment. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's understandable. It's the biggest concepts possible. Yeah. Co-mingling with the smallest and what most people <laughs> yeah, exactly. would call mundane or whatever. But if you think of rhythm as something that can be built upon or elaborated upon, then you can go ahead and develop a rhythm of your life. There has to be some routine. You can't just every day be somewhere new or be someone new. You have to have some sort of consistency in your life to be an authentic person. And through those rhythms that we ultimately decide are valuable to us, that's how we become who we are. See, that's the thing. I I feel like in some sort of way, I feel like if you are a person that wants to have a routine every day, then you are just kind of like slowly just dying Um, because I feel like that's the lie we've been given or that's what like that's how you know we work we have this horrible routine and since we're kids we wake up we go to school we most of the time hate it yeah absolutely and so the routine that I've had my entire life is routine I don't like so right now that I don't have one that just talking about timing I don't even know why I said yes to this topic (laughs) because it's so confusing to me right now I'm like Two months in not working for my entire... I've been working since I'm 13. So not having some someone basically telling me what to do, uh, it's really confusing. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> you can think of routines as sl- the slowly killing you kind. And there are definitely those. And I think that's what humans desperately want to and need to escape. Uh-huh. But for whatever reason, we're not here to talk about why they choose to indulge in the routine and there's some comfort in that you know so it's not all bad and then to to the other side of that coin is that you're going to develop a routine there's there's no way that you're not just it might be a much larger scale of time that you're dealing with you're already developing a routine with regards to the podcast where you have gabby's taking over more Mm -hmm. of a role of editing and releasing the podcast so that unto itself is a routine and there has to be some sort of discipline in that routine in order for it to happen. Yes, exactly. So not all routines are bad is is the the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, I think that the way society has turned, you know, where your routine is your work or your school. Yeah, that is not healthy. (laughs) It really makes it so that, I don't know, maybe like people who really want to escape that life crave to escape routine. You don't like you think that what you have is the worst thing in the world and you want completely out of it. But then you forget that there is this regular routine of the world. Yeah. That is the cycles of it. That goes on without you, regardless of whether you participate. Yeah, exactly. And getting on that moving train, which I feel like timing is, I feel like it escapes me easily, but it's just my relationship with it, I think. Yeah, and that's okay. There's there's nothing com- there's nothing wrong with that. 
some people have a very negative opinion of of timing and being on time and yeah and consciously sabotage that's one thing i can handle but i feel like the fact that i struggle not to be on time but i struggle with timing myself I feel like that's helped me change that opinion of, you know, being rude because you're not on time or whatever. Yeah. Although if it happens frequently, maybe, I don't know. I don't really have a lot of friends that that are not super on time. There's the other aspect of timing, which is flow, which I know you're familiar with. So how do you feel about flow in regards to timing? Do you think of them separately? I just feel like, like time is faster than I am. So the flow is also faster. <laughs> That's how I feel. I feel like a turtle maybe next to. <laughs> well, there's no there. That's the other thing is there is no universal time. Like it, since it's an agreement, it does and it doesn't exist. You can make of it what you wish. And, you know, if you want to completely issue the timing of the rest of the world, you can. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I feel like I am naturally a slow person. And I feel like maybe I've been rushed. Like, you know, maybe... You definitely have told me. <laughs> <laughs> You're rushing me. Yes, that was like one of my mantras when I first met you. I, yeah. I haven't said that to you in such a long time. <laughs> you haven't. And I'm thankful because I'm, I'm not rushing you. Just I know, but I felt I'm like you were. <laughs> ready does not mean I'm rushing you. And I'm not even... A, I don't even take that long to get ready, but I he's still always faster than me somehow. Because <laughs> I genuinely don't give any fucks. You know, um, a lot of the times when it takes me a little bit longer to leave or something, there's just like something inside me that's like, no, you're still not ready. There's something that you're forgetting or something. Or you, I don't... actually see that conversation in you sometimes. Yeah, I know you do. I know you see it. But and and mo- most of the times when we're leaving with the dogs, it's like that I'm leaving Smokey all by himself, and it like it's really hard on me. I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna ha- have to leave him alone again. I'm grateful for, for the times that you know Max has been staying with him. I know he doesn't mind, but it just gets to me, you know. Yeah. And that's our cat. <laughs> And our dogs are sticklers for timing. Yeah. Why why don't you tell everybody about (laughs) our dogs? So as most people who listen might know already, we have Max, who's a beagle, and he's about 13. And Jack, who is a mix of a lot of different things, but he looks like a mini mini lab, uh, and he's a golden, (laughs) the color of sunshine. Yeah. And he's a little bit taller than Beagle size. Quite adorable and loves food. They both do. But Max, our Beagle, he's mainly the time stickler the most. He's very much a habit creature. Well, as, and as Jack is aware of the timing. He's just a bit more aware of my patient, moods. <laughs> I guess. Or he's less aware rude. of both of our moods <laughs> really well. Yeah, Max does not care. No. <laughs> he's ready when he's ready, and so are you. I'm aware of my belly, he says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, they wake us up every single morning, Max does, and to let us know, hey, in an hour, you're going to have to feed me, <laughs> so don't sleep in. <laughs> uh, unless you want to do it sooner. That's also the message yeah. that they give us. That's usually his. Well, he they have also noticed that the sun starts to rise a little bit earlier, so in their head, they're like, food. Yeah. But that's not how it goes. <laughs> yeah, so that's the constant battle, and every it's not just breakfast. It's every meal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These dogs... Oh, yeah are aware when the clock strikes dinner, lunch, or breakfast time, and they are not shy about letting you know. Yeah, they start reminding you an hour early, and then once it hits the time, come on. (laughs) 
You better be ready. And Smokey has his moments too. Yeah. He can be demanding as well. Yeah, he can definitely be demanding. And also, you know, if you don't feed him on time, then he eats really quick. And we all know what happens when a cat eats really quick. <laughs> Jack loves it. <laughs> Barfaroni. Yeah. <laughs> so the animals are well aware of timing in whatever way it is in their little tiny dog and kitty brains. But they have observed enough cycles of days, months, and weeks, and years where they've received a meal at this time. And that's pretty much their reason to be. So once that time comes, they're ready and raring to go. Yeah. Sometimes it makes me a little sad that that's, I don't know. Sometimes I think about the dogs and I think about how the meal makes their day. And I feel like, <laughs> uh, do they feel slaves to these two humans who <laughs> who feed them only three times a day? Only. <laughs> yeah. would, would they just eat all day long if it was up to them? Like, what would their life be if they were just free? I don't know. I think the they're answer fine. Is yes, they would eat <laughs> until they could eat no more. I know. It would be bad. <laughs> it's almost like it's best that they're not allowed to be free because... They can't be. They don't have the willpower. <laughs> they don't have the willpower. They don't. So there's that timing. And that's very apparent in human life as well. If I don't have lunch by <laughs> 1 p.m., yeah. that's the latest, then I get very cranky. and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like, by noon, I'm cranky. Yeah. Yeah, noon is the, the preferable time, like 11.30 even, but... If it's after one, it's going to be hell to pay. Yeah. It's really cool now that I've been kind of not having to worry about my work timing that I feel like I couldn't just jump into starting to just work again as I really hope to do. My body's just not letting me. (laughs) It's like my mind and body are just not having it. What I have found that has helped is, and actually I'm talking about that in my other podcast too like I was just writing up an episode and I was talking about how kind of like my figuring out my own cycle and how I feel throughout one full month and to just be aware of when my energy is up and energy is down it's so helpful and also realizing that maybe the foods I'm eating are not really helping me to feel any better or to have the energy I need to get on that moving train (laughs) That's pretty interesting that our routines can sometimes mask poor decisions. Oh, I feel like that is definitely not not only poor decisions on food, but I think that this is maybe very relatable to a millennial. Uh, I feel like this is the... <laughs> Since the, you are a millennial. Uh-huh. No, I'm, I really hope that this is something that maybe other millennials can relate to, but it's just so fucking difficult. It's almost like... You spend your entire life just always, always being told what to do. And then there's a moment in time that you just, you know, you decide to join the great resignation. (laughs) And then you just don't even have the energy to do anything. It's like, how sad, how sad. We're so young, still we're in our 30s. And I'm not saying all millennials are like, I'm sure some of them have started businesses and everything and are doing great. But if there is some like that, That's so sad, but I think that it really helps to try and get to know yourself better to be able to figure out how you can jump on the timing train. And you might figure out that maybe you don't have to jump on it. Maybe there's another way to get on it. 
But you got to know yourself better to know what you can do. And I think that's where I'm at, to be honest. <laughs> it's really hard to understand your view, though. <laughs> well, I think that's a good place. Yeah, I've developed my view of timing over decades and I've really thought about it and been scolded for having poor timing in a musical context. One time or uh, several times. Like it's a it's it's a practice to this day. I practice my rhythm and I'm not perfect and I have to continue practicing. If you are not in time with a chorus, if you're in a an ensemble oh. or like a violinist, if you're in an orchestra and your timing is off with the rest of the group, it sticks out like a freaking sore thumb, unless it's a bunch of kids who are all out of time and it doesn't make any difference. But if you're in an orchestra that knows what it's doing and you are off the beat in any way, shape, or form, it's noticeable to the entire orchestra. <laughs> so, Except people listening sometimes. Like yeah, it will go over the heads of people who are not trained to listen, but that's kind of one of the things you are trained to do as a musician is to listen because, yeah, you can make music by yourself. When you do so, you're still listening to the music that you're creating. And when you add a player here, add a player there, and you have 10 players all of a sudden, you're listening like crazy to understand where the beat is. Number one, like the downbeat is most important. Everybody's on the downbeat. That's where you know is one. If anybody is slightly out of time, it becomes very apparent. Well, and in college or musical education situation, you will get scolded generally because the conductors of these ensembles are generally jackasses who like making public spectacles out of their their participants. That either makes you or breaks you. <laughs> I guess. They're like, if they can't take it, bring me another kid. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I understand that because like, in a way, you are performing. You're You're creating a piece of art together. But I feel like that ability to harmonize, I mean, it goes back to when you told us in the podcast <laughs> and like the a few episodes back, you told us that your mom used to take, used to like make you guys harmonize on road trips. Yeah. I mean, I just think that that is so classically you when it comes to how you communicate with people. Like you're somehow really well, like re you communicate and work with others really well. Because I'm trying to harmonize with yeah. them. That's that's an actual value or something that I seek out actively. Whenever I have to engage with somebody, I try to make it harmonious, whether it's musical or not. And I know a lot of people who are perfectly fine with a spiky engagement with a stranger or their friends or their coworkers. And I always get turned off by that just because yeah. just it goes against who I am so much. Even if you're not making music, isn't a harmonious engagement between two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people, isn't that more enjoyable and productive than one where someone's just bashing their head up against someone else's? Yeah. I, you know, it just like this whole, this whole like alpha male shit <laughs> has ruined communication so much. Yeah. Maybe that's, everybody's just going that's around at the root. trying to measure <laughs> dicks here and there. So timing is everything for me and especially when playing music and, you know, I don't want to get too technical into that, but I super love music that's in different meters, which a meter is basically the building blocks of the rhythm. It tells you how many notes you have per measure, how many beats you have. 
and I really like the ones with asymmetrical meters, like seven eighth notes or seven quarter notes, which, you know, you might think of the number seven as a pretty generic number. But when you hear music most of your life, you'll be hearing it in fours. Sometimes you'll be hearing it in threes, like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. That, that's two measures of four, four, very standard meter. Sometimes it'll be three, which is also known as a waltz, which is one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Pretty standard as well. Mm -hmm. But when you have a number like five or seven or 13, then things start to get asymmetrical and it's hard for our brains to reconcile it. Like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. It's, mm -hmm. It doesn't kind of, it doesn't flow as well as four, four. And finding the flow in something that's angular and asymmetrical like 5 or 7 or 13 8 is an, an exciting challenge for me and that's like major leagues <laughs> I, I don't know if it's i do think about rhythm a lot as a performer and i don't necessarily perform anymore but i do play music with my friends mm -hmm. and i want to be the one who's right on the beat not the one who's pushing the beat or dragging the beat or running towards it like <laughs> I would be <laughs> running to get to get on the train, yeah, on the beat train. <laughs> it's surprisingly difficult. You think it's easy just to count one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, and stay within that parameter. But once you add different components, one and two and do do da, do 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 da, do do do, it's easy to lose your your grasp on that one, two, three. I wonder if, like, just hearing you count like that and f seeing you flow like that, like, it's mildly irritating to me. <laughs> and I am it, I am well aware that it's just like, because I see you having so much fun with it and I don't understand it. Like, I'm just so pissed. I'm like, oh, there he goes again doing his awesome rhythms and I don't get it. <laughs> well, it, it didn't happen overnight. It's something that I've worked on and practiced for years and continue to work on and practice uh -huh. and will for many, many other years. I'm very grateful that I have the ability to have a drum set in the house because all my life I thought, oh, I should play the drums. I feel like I could be okay at rhythm and it has proven to be one of the more rewarding instruments that I play. So I'm happy for that. I right. try to put a lot of interesting bits into it and there's a whole other kind of school of thought where people say, just play the straight beat. And uh, if you're a drummer, just play the straight beat and don't deviate. Just play the same one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. <laughs> and just give me a Ringo Starr style beat that doesn't break the bank, isn't too <laughs> fancy. And that's what a lot of people want to hear out of their drummers. I hate that style of drumming. <laughs> I want to hear Bill Bruford and Terry Bozio and Vinnie Kaliuta with fills that extend across three different bars so timing is very important to a drummer mm -hmm. or any musician for that matter i have a question for you so you know i like to do anti-gravity and there are some things that i just don't trust because i i don't trust on the flip like if i want to flip and do something but i've you've done them before right and mm -hmm. you so i think there, there really is something to be said about how much you know yourself and then how much trust you have in yourself in order to be able to be in harmony with timing. 
right? Yes. Because I feel like that is other area that I'm still lacking on. And I know that my anti-gravity practice has really helped me with trusting myself. But I still have like areas where I'm scared. I, I've taken falls in the past when I'm a kid where I trusted myself and I failed myself <laughs> by trusting <laughs> incorrectly and just letting go out, flipping and doing all those crazy things. But no, because I've fallen, because I stupidly let go. I didn't think ahead. So <laughs> well, that's where I'm at, like when it comes to timing. And that's, I'd See, call that PTSD. I think you have some post-traumatic stress disorder over falling off of those things and that's staying with you as an adult and you have the memory not only in your mind but in your body of the event you just gotta go through that that's i think this is a whole oh, separate oh. topic but you're this the, is this episode just turned or the entire episode is tanner <laughs> coaching me on my timing issues well it, you bring up a really good point with trust because yes trust is everything for timing because it takes a lot of trust to just go about your day and trust that you're going to make it to the, the the right place at the right time. Yet it happens. And we kind of take a little bit of that trust for granted, but I like to think about trust in a musical context as well, because you can trust yourself all day long that you're on the beat, that you're playing correctly, but then you put a metronome on and you're like, damn <laughs> so like trusting that you're with the metronome it takes it, it just takes practice there's no way around it you have to go through it and you have to practice doing it and trusting that you're with the metronome and when you take the metronome away that takes trust as well because you're like okay no more crutch i gotta trust that i can continue to keep the beat in whatever tempo i decide without speeding up or slowing down and the same could be said for pressing the right keys on the, the keyboard. I trust that I'm going to press the right keys or strum the right chord on the guitar because I've done it before and I've practiced it and I've worked on the timing of it so that when the time comes, I'm ready. I'm ready for that G chord or A flat seven sustain. I do think there's a lot of trust involved in performers, like even dancers or yeah. Like, Absolutely. I, it's funny, like I wouldn't even think of the trust of strumming the guitar trusting that your muscle memory has it has it all figured out for you <laughs> and i guess i that, think that i guess that trust is the only thing that allows us to be able to perform music because if we didn't trust that we were going to perform the right notes or words or whatever no way would we get up and do it <laughs> that's a high degree of failure yeah and that's where the flow comes right you have to trust that it's going to flow just right absolutely and that that's exactly right you you practice so that it flows it can't flow until you practice flowing with it. And that's the same with life. You got to flow with it. And if you flow against it, you can try all you want. Eventually, you're going to get tired of it. Such an enlightening episode. <laughs> <laughs> so much to think about tonight. <laughs> well, and there is the, the serendipitous timing. Those are my favorite. I really like those as well. And I, I find those all the time. So it's kind of hard to catalog every single instance. Do you have anything to add to timing besides trust, flow? What else? I could rhythm. go on for <laughs> days and days and days Cycles. just on rhythm. I think that that's a pretty good overview. There's there's a large scale timing that governs the universe. We all have our own individual timing that we adhere to or is imposed upon us. I think that there's a certain amount of timing that's beyond our control. 
that yeah. shit happens and you know you just got to roll with the punches and that will affect the timing of everything else well i mean just like the whole global economy is <laughs> yeah exactly is tied to a specific time frame mm-hmm. where people work on that specific i mean some people have to work 24 7 right but some industries are only open a specific time that makes it so your time of your work is imposed on you whether you like it or not and I mean, I'm not complaining over that, but I'm just saying that that starts a routine that you hate and you completely lack trust on yourself because you've been doing this entire routine your entire life, even though you don't like it, but you're really good at it, you know, Yeah, because you mastered that. That brings us full circle to your point before. It's like the routine we do, if, if you're part of the working American dream followers, then, you know, you're pretty locked into that nine to five or close to that as possible i do eight to four usually but i would love to have a less rigid schedule but my business operates between eight and six and that's when i get work done so it's that's one of those things that's imposed upon me and i try to work around it and we have more flexible than ever these days with work from home opportunities but still it would be nice to just wake up and decide to work whenever hopefully you've thought a little bit about timing in relation to your life and taken something away from this conversation yeah let us know how does timing affect you what's your favorite part of timing did we miss an aspect of it i feel like probably we did well and i'd like to hear if anybody shares the same feelings as gabby where you feel that time is out to get you it's not out to get me it's (laughs) running and i can't get to i can't get to it (laughs) that's yeah it's completely i'm running after i'm like oh don't leave without me (laughs) so if that's you let us know yeah let us know but if if you're like me as well then hey go ahead and give us a shout you can check out our show notes for our social media so thank you for listening we will catch you every thursday yes from here on out So thank you again. Thank you. Bye. Bye.